0: Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the final third podcast. We talk about a lot of crazy things today, including the sanctions on Chelsea, PSG imploding in the Champions League, and Manchester United getting saved by none other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, In addition to all of this, we have an announcement that Jack will be hosting a Twitter spaces uh, with at tectonic takes on Twitter So go ahead and follow us at Final Third Show to stay up to date. They're going to be previewing the Minnesota United and San Jose Earthquakes game coming up here. So you definitely, definitely want to check that out this upcoming Friday. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It's Monday, it's our news and predictions episode. Uh, I am AJ Tabura, one of the co-hosts, a fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, and the U.S. national teams, all of which, relative good news, I suppose, for all of them, Uh, except for Minnesota United. They're playing right now, so I guess I can't really talk about that. There is some Uh, good
1: news from that. Yeah, there's
0: uh, some good news. Dane St. Clair just saved a penalty. That's always fun. And I'm joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you doing?
1: Uh, pretty good. Sad that spring break's almost over, obviously, oh, yes, but, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of Chelsea, which has gone, we'll, we'll talk about how it's gone this week for, for Chelsea. Um, and I'm a fan of Atalanta. Uh, we, we're not going to talk about them, but we might be able to start talking about them because they did okay, maybe a little bit. And I'm a fan of Minnesota United and the US and French national teams.
0: Yes, sir. What, what a great week for uh, our teams. Uh, mixed bag for Chelsea, I suppose. But I, I guess yeah. we will talk about that. Uh, as always, follow our Twitter, at Final Third Show. Link will be down below, as well as to our website, FinalThirdShow.com. A good one-stop shop for all things podcast-related. And yeah, we have a, quite the show for you guys today. Because, you know, as always, it's one day, so we talk about the biggest news stories in the soccer world both on and off the field and there are a lot of big things that have happened off the field and some big things happen on the field as well so let's get started we have some chelsea news to talk about if you guys have been paying attention we have been talking about uh, the chelsea sanctions because abramovich uh, abramovich's ties to uh, vladimir putin and the ongoing ukrainian russian war and that has hit chelsea pretty hard. Uh, Roman, Roman Abramovich was uh, slated to sell the club earlier last week. We talked about it on the show, uh, but some news came out about some sanctions to his assets. So I'm going to send it over to our our in-house Chelsea fan. So Jack, what is going on with Chelsea right now, and how will it affect them going forward until he sells the club?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Abramovich, obviously, owner of Chelsea, so Chelsea is a pretty big asset. You know, we've we've talked about that in the past few weeks, about how it's kind of been used as a tool to gain influence. Soft power has been thrown around a lot, but now it's actually starting to affect the club. And uh, perhaps surprisingly for, for people who maybe are just listening for the first time or uh, are recent listeners— I'm very happy with these sanctions. I I know that sounds weird when I start explaining what they are, but I'm fine with them. Uh, But the sanctions that are uh, levied on Chelsea specifically are, uh, and you can correct me if I've forgotten any here, but they are not allowed to transfer players, so they can't bring in new players. Mm -hmm. They also uh, have some heavy restrictions on selling players until uh, the club is sold which is uh which is a big deal for a club like Chelsea and uh they also cannot uh they can't sign new contracts That's true. So that that's very relevant given that almost every single one of our center backs is out of contract after this season. Uh and then we also uh cannot spend we we can't uh make any money from match day sales, can't sell any new tickets, can't sell anything from the club shop and uh match day travel costs, I think is the right is the right term for it, have been reduced significantly.
0: Yeah. It it, it increased a little bit since the initial right. uh announcement. I, I believe it was initially like 20,000 pounds, yes. which now is now it's 90,000, I believe. Okay, which makes a little bit more sense because 20,000 pounds I was hearing like if they wanted to travel to uh, another part of the country, like the players would have to drive themselves because they couldn't be able to pay for uh, like all the equipment, all the buses to go to there. So uh, a little bit alleviated, but still quite the the hard hit, don't you think, Jack?
1: Oh, yeah, it, it definitely does hurt the club a little bit financially, but that is what the sanctions are supposed to do. Yes, they're, they're supposed to put pressure on Abramovich and they're definitely doing that
0: yeah and uh, as as far as I know uh, the sale is going to go through Mm -hmm. Uh, the the sale is supposedly greenlit by uh, both the the UK government and uh, Abramovich and it's going to be wrapping up in six to eight weeks but Jack correct me if I'm wrong but he is still not allowed to gain anything from that sale right so that he is great. yes you can't financially benefit from it
1: right exactly so that those were the conditions that the uk government put out okay on the sale of the club like he was already going to sell the club because you know two weeks ago i i did an episode talking about how the club was going to be sold uh so it, it's been in the works for a while but the new condition is one no profit from the club and two uh you know, the U.K. government has to have a pretty big role in it. And Uh Abramovich almost immediately after that was that was like, yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) Fine. Yeah, I I, I don't know how much power he has on fighting it. So, you know,
1: well, I mean, he
0: he's he's rich.
1: rich, (laughs) So he (laughs) he could get some lawyers and, and try and lawyer up. But it does seem like he legitimately just wants whatever is best for Chelsea to happen, which you don't respect for that. But. Not respect for all of the ties to Putin, obviously.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah. Do we have any news on who could potentially be taking over uh, Chelsea at all?
1: Uh yes, and the name is, is slipping my mind. I know that one of them that was rumored was the owner of the New York Jets, which I don't think is the top uh the top uh runner for it.
0: Yeah, and you know what's <laughs> you know what's really funny? Uh now that I'm putting two and two together, the New York Jets owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a really funny tie to Chelsea because Christian Pulisic is a New York Jets fan. Yes. yes. So, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> hey, Pulisic's uh, pulling some strings there. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Um. I hope not because uh, the owner <laughs> of the New York Jets. If if you look at what he's done there, um, I not don't great. want that anywhere close to Chelsea. Um. I believe the the top sale. Uh. The the top one is uh. I, I'm i i just opened it the article uh there's a todd boley is is the name and i believe he is a swiss billionaire i believe is is what it's uh i I believe that's who it is so interesting i i know not much about him i believe that he is he's actually interested in running a football soccer club you know like he he's actually interested in that i've seen a lot of people joking like oh an american buyer is going to come in and turn us into the the cobham cosmos or something and and uh turn us into a basketball team and i yeah but no i i I think that 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 it seems like a good transfer of or sale uh i'm i'm honestly happy that abramovich is leaving it it takes away that scrutiny stops with the the whole uh rival fan in- inclination to say oh your success is all oil money and all that so may, mm-hmm. it makes me happy that, that that that's going away interesting interesting
0: i i also looked it up and it looks like uh todd Bowley is an american and he's part of a consortium with right. a, a swiss billionaire i uh, i got him
1: mixed up okay yes hans george <laughs> weiss Swiss george weiss yeah okay. yeah
0: and it, it looks like i, I just looked up uh, a todd bully a little bit about him uh he he does own some other sports teams including the Dodgers, the Sparks, uh, the Lakers, and he was oh, actually no. uh slated to maybe take control of the Washington spirit, but obviously that fell through. So oh,
1: no. You you said he owns the Lakers and that that, that that gives me some worries as seeing what the Lakers are looking like right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any like great sports owner out there, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, no, there, there really isn't. I don't. I, you have good ones, uh, like ones that are tolerable enough, and then you have yeah. like middle of the road, and then just straight up bad. There, there's yeah. not. There's, there's not really a good on that spectrum.
0: I, I I I can only think of like maybe like five franchises in American sports where they'd be actually happy with their owners, because I I know. Uh, Major League Baseball, all all thirty two teams hate their owners, so yep, you know, yep, definitely after the recent events, yeah, you, you know the vibes. I also think that the, the sanctions are pretty good, uh. But as uh, some people have pointed out, Everton and Arsenal also have an influx of Russian money, not as as heavy handed as Chelsea, but that still exists. You, you expect, hopefully, some sanctions against them if you want to keep things even and obviously you have city and newcastle have qatari and saudi money and if if the premier league is is brave enough to to, to touch an absolute billionaire hugely powerful person like abramovich i don't know m- maybe they'd be able to uh get some strings pulled for uh sanctions against city and newcastle but then again it's, uh, the the way things are in the footballing world Probably, probably not.
1: Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, given that the Saudi Arabia sale went through and everything, obviously it's going to send more of a spotlight onto it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll ultimately change anything, unfortunately.
0: Yes. I I agree. All right, Jack, anything else to say about Chelsea before we move on to uh, some PSG news?
1: I mean, to any Chelsea fans that are like completely worried about the future of the club, I've seen a lot of people doom and gloom on Chelsea Twitter just say it just being like, everything's over. We're being destroyed. Uh, Roman Abramovich was what made this club. No, it's not. Chelsea existed before Roman Abramovich. We we, uh, Chelsea have been through a lot. It'll be fine. Every club goes through periods like this. Uh, Like it, it happens all the time. Maybe not to the same extent of government sanctions, but it does happen, and you know I think it will be fine. It, yeah, that's sort <laughs> of. Fast forward
0: I, to like it's like five years from now when Chelsea is a League One club. I'll
1: no, still support them. I'll still support them regardless right. of where they are. You know.
0: All right. Good. All right. Good. Okay. Let's move on to some more, uh, s- s- some more drama. I suppose because this is some off the field drama. Let's go into some on the field drama. And that and is off, actually. Yeah, on us. and off, yeah. uh, so some <laughs> locker room drama, some <laughs> some uh, drama in Qatar as well. I'm talking about Paris Saint-Germain and their recent implosion. This is by far the biggest game that has happened in this past week and w- what a game it was. So uh, the, the basic story was that uh, PSG were uh, leading in aggregate in this round of 16 tie between Real Madrid and PSG 1-0 uh, after the, the their home leg going into uh the Bernabeu they had had the lead and uh, as you know away goals they don't matter anymore so they were really just trying to either find a win or keep that draw so they can advance and it, it looked pretty good uh Kylian Mbappe got the opening goal what a run it was he just <laughs> drove right into the box past Militao and put it right past Courtois like it was uh, quite quite the goal from someone that you expect someone to be able to make runs like that when you're a, a player of that quality assisted by Neymar and at that point halftime they're up 2 to 0 and Jack I, I don't know if you uh, saw this match uh but it was it was honestly pretty crazy
1: I did not see this oh. match actually I I know I I was sleeping <laughs> I'm not going to lie <laughs>
0: Uh, that's that's all right. So spring breaks, spring breaks, uh, a good excuse for that. I I was actually watching this on my flight back from Seattle, uh, on the TV screens in in uh, the plane. They have like the live TV options. I I'm not much of a a, a watch a, a movie kind of person on a on a flight that's only gonna be like two and a half hours, right? So I was like, I I'll watch the game because that's on CBS, and I was I was pogging out like. On the plane with like peep, like strangers next to me, I was like, "Yo," because it got crazy after uh, halftime. Uh, Camavinga and Rodrigo come in, and that helped change the game in the fifty seventh minute. Because right after, in the sixty first minute, Kareem Benzema gets a goal, and it's assisted by the partner in crime for this for this team, uh, Vinicius Junior, and it, it, it was just. It, it it was the lifeline that real madrid needed because uh, donnarumma terrible game from him he 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 took a back pass from Ferrati and just and just uh took took too much time thinking about it and i uh, i and uh, and benzema just kind of muscles him out falls to uh vinicius junior who passes back and he scores uh, Donnarumma just got completely muscled off the ball. A lot of people are, are complaining that that could have been a foul. It's shoulder to shoulder contact. It's 50 50 in that sense. And also 50 50 on whether or not the ref can call as a foul or not foul. Either way, Donnarumma should have done better there. And Benzema completely bullied him off. And it's suddenly a 2 to 1 on aggregate. And Real Madrid have the momentum. So much so that in the 76th minute, Benzema levels the entire entire uh, tie on aggregate. Uh, Modric had an amazing run and he was able to find Benzema, who puts it in two to one. And at this point, you can definitely tell that Real Madrid have the momentum. So much so that right after kickoff for the, for this goal, keep in mind PSG is the one that's kicking this off. Real Madrid score after like thirty seconds. Marquinhos kind of tries to like kind of clear but he clears it right into benzema and benzema slots at home and literally like a minute not even after the the kickoff psg have have seen themselves go from a goal up to a goal down and you can just tell that the absolute the absolute destruction the 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 mentality just completely collapsed it was a great game from obviously benzema and vinicius jr uh Mantris as well and it, it it was kind of a a a disappointing game from the entirety of the PSG defense especially uh, Marquinhos and Kimpembe. Donnarumma as well got the yellow card plus uh, all those goals that he probably should have saved but it was just a it was just a terrible match all in all for PSG Real Madrid though to their credit did an amazing job and this is this is where where things get pretty dicey for PSG. Jack, have you been paying attention to uh, PSG's recent implosion off the field?
1: Yes, I have heard um, about their sporting and technical director getting into a a bit of trouble at yes. the at, at uh, the Bernabeu. So uh, that that's been a little bit interesting to follow up with. And uh, yeah, it hasn't been good. They uh, they got booed. Neymar and Messi mm-hmm. got booed at their game today against Bordeaux, uh, right as they were leading the team sheets and throughout the entire game. I uh, don't think Messi's ever experienced anything like that really before, uh, where his own fans are, like his team's own fans are booing him. So Yeah.
0: I, I, absolutely absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah, so uh, Leonardo and the president, Al uh, Cal- Calafi, Calafi mm-hmm. uh, have been in some serious heat recently. In fact, uh, President Al uh, Khalifi, I'm gonna keep on butchering that, but I'll, I'll go through it.
1: I don't. I'm uh, not. I'm not gonna be any help on that, <laughs> one, unfortunately.
0: Uh, he was actually summoned to to Doha because Qatari ownership was really, really mad about the loss, and they're looking to be going through some organizational change. Whether it's him leaving, Leonardo leaving as well, uh, or uh, Pachettino leaving, because apparently all three of them just hate each other. And the tensions have been absolutely high. Uh, if you guys haven't, go watch or read the transcript of Romain Molina's video on it. He's a, a, a journalist who has leaked a lot of pretty crazy news stories, including the, the Haiti sexual abuse scandal way back when. And he reports that multiple players will be let go, as well as uh, those club runners, Al Calafi, Leonardo, and that ma- ma- manager Pochettino very likely that they'll be moving out uh one of those players that was named was Kylian Mbappe who I believe his contract is up it this expires se- at the end of this yeah. season yeah and I-, I see no reason to think that he's not going to be a Real Madrid player
1: oh yeah he didn't want to even sign it a- he refuses to sign a contract extension for PSG it's yeah. pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to Real Madrid
0: yeah uh, it reminds me of Kevin Durant leaving for a team that just beat them in, in the championship, but you know, whatever. Uh, Doha also wants Neymar gone, and Romain Molina went on to say that anyone who says that Messi is happy in Paris is lying. So it, there's there's a non-zero chance that we see Eminem, after after what should have been a, a, a championship winning season, be gone after just a, a, a single campaign, which is Absolutely crazy because this team this team was built to win the Champions League. Liga, like who cares? Like PSG, like eight times out of ten will win the the Liga Championship. It's the Champions League that Qatar, that the the, the, the Paris citizens, everyone wanted to see. The Champions League is it is the crown that they wanted. And now it's all it's all falling apart, Jack. Just how disappointing have PSG been in the Champions League since Qatar has taken over?
1: Uh, Very disappointing. You know, they've had one final appearance, but every other season, it's just been disappointment after disappointment in the Champions League. You know, this season or last season, they got knocked out in the semifinals. You know, not too bad. Still pretty bad if you're PSG's ownership after so after 10 years of of being of ownership uh yeah you know uh this season round of 16 exit season before they got knocked out in the in, in the final right mm-hmm. the season before that i believe they got knocked out in the quarterfinals yeah or, there,
0: there, there's a run where they got knocked yeah. out in the quarterfinals uh for a while uh round of 16 or in the in the mid 2010s as well yep uh And then, yeah, quarterfinals from 12-13 to 15-16 and round of 16 exits from 16-17 to 18-19. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So they've been overall disappointing in the Champions League. Yes. And, you know, it it also doesn't help that, you know, not to bring Chelsea into it too much, but when you get rid of your coach and captain uh, from your team and they go on to win the Champions League the next season. So it feels like every time someone leaves the club, they go on to find success in the very competition they're trying to win. And it it just hasn't been good for them. Uh, They, for whatever reason, you know, the Champions League just eludes them. It's kind of like Manchester City, actually. Uh, You know, they've both had one final appearance, and it kind of shows that money isn't really the issue. You can have all the money in the world, but... Seems like there's an issue with the sporting director. Uh, if if I had to take a guess,
0: do yeah, do you think that's a, that that's the crux of the issue here?
1: I I think it has to be. You know, this team on paper should be very good, and you know it, I I don't think it's entirely the coach's fault either. Like Pochettino mm-hmm. is a decent manager. He's made it to a Champions League final before with a far worse team, yeah. like like leagues below this one. So I I think that i I think that it's actually ridiculous that that you know even it, it has to be the the sporting director that's what I'm trying to say. It has to be because there is something fundamentally wrong with the strategy that they're pursuing here. you know they go in to get a replacement goalkeeper who arguably it hasn't been better than their than the one they tried to replace yeah you know uh they they've tried to get a a bunch of star power to re- to like sell tickets. And it's sold tickets, sold shirts, but what else has it done? Right, you know, yeah, well, you're getting assists it? and goals in league on. Cool, you're gonna win that anyway with with the with you'd win it by getting rid of those front three. Honestly, yeah. even without those front three, you probably still win league on. Uh, so it, it's just kind of ridiculous to to see them like do this over and over. And the one thing that hasn't changed, you know, they've gone through a lot of managers. Uh, that have that haven't really had the same level of success. The one thing that hasn't changed, of course, is that sporting director. I think that's the crux of your issue.
0: Okay, I I, I agree. Especially when, you, you, like like you mentioned, that they try to buy a star power. How much money they paying R- uh, Ramos to sit on the bench? Right? Exactly. And you you mentioned uh, Navas versus uh, Donnarumma. I I agree. You you have two pretty much world-class goalkeepers and that money could have been spent somewhere else. And I, I, I really think that that's uh, the sporting director, Leonardo, even their president, Al-Khalafi, they all have to leave because they have just pressed restart too many times. Too many times for it to not be a trend of them being the issue. Because when you look at the likes of 2012, 2016, uh, that 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 uh, twenty nineteen twenty twenty season, they've had really good players, the likes of uh, Cavani, Tiago Silva, Matuidi, uh, uh, Zlatan, Marquinhos, Kimpembe, Navas, Verratti. They had they've had some really stellar players, even if some of them aren't the biggest players. You know, no nobody can tell tell me that Veratti is like some kind of player that will get people the butts in seats, right? But that is a good core of players that you've had throughout the years. And Jack, do you, I, I'm going to let you guess how much money they've spent on transfers since the Qatari takeover.
1: Uh, and the takeover that happened in, I want to say, 2011, I, I want to say.
0: Yeah, 2012, uh, 2013 was their first season.
1: I, I'm going to guess well over, well over a billion. I, I'll, I'll say 1.2 billion.
0: All right, you're very close. 1.3 billion euros is how much they've sent. And all four, what, what, eight Liga titles in that span? No Champions Leagues. And to their credit, they have lost to some amazing teams in the Champions League. Some very powerful Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich teams, of course, Uh, Chelsea in in 13-14, right? But at the same time, After 10 years, after 1.3 billion euros, you kinda have to look at yourself and be like, well, there's something wrong with this team. And I I think a lot of it is just that the team building is just not there. I, I, I think ever since buying Neymar, even though they've had a lot of success, it's just not been at the quality that they have needed in order to make it to the next step. And I compare them with Manchester City. I think Manchester City's organization is one of, if not the best in the world, because they they have they have a really good sporting director. the The city football group is one of the most expansive, most knowledgeable, uh, scouting networks. It's one of the most knowledgeable, just sporting networks in general. And if you had that a fraction of that skill, uh, of that organizational power with PSG, I think they would have won a Champions League by now, or have been near the top, almost, uh, almost getting to the final every single year and not what they're doing right now, which is being a huge disappointment. So I think beyond just the players not being good enough or the, the actual roster not being built enough, I think, like you mentioned, the crux of the issue, being the sporting director, being the president and relying too much on getting what should be on paper the best team. It's like building a FIFA team. And Not building a real team that can win win you silverware in a meaningful way it, uh, that, that's the way I see it.'s it's like a like, uh, the, the the Lakers this season with the NBA like you can put in you can buy Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, but that's a cool team on paper. first of all, that's a cool team like 10 years ago, right <laughs> uh, n- n- no offense to Sergio Ramos and them but like, that's not going to get you a championship now. And I think it's funny. Uh, I think PSG's first step should be uh, finding a better uh, sporting director. Jack, do you have any suggestions for them? Because they're definitely listening to us right now.
1: Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely listening. Yeah. Uh, how about a swap deal uh, with Tottenham?
0: <laughs> yeah, Pochettino
1: sure. for Conte. Conte yeah. isn't really working at Tottenham. The one manager that really did work for Tottenham for a decent period of time was Pochettino. Uh I know I know they had a bit of a falling out, but let's be real, like that was the last time Spurs really had success and Conte mm-hmm. knows how to get a team in in shape and can do a lot with the good players and all the money, right? Like, yeah they are going they they would back him there. He would get what he wants. It it seems like a good deal to me. All uh right. and also, you can buy all the players you want, but you can't buy cohesion that's the main takeaway
0: yes yes absolutely especially with the cohesion just falling falling off a cliff after uh, this loss because right like Mbappe and Neymar and Messi and all these players joined assuming that they would be challenging for the Champions League Mm -hmm. assuming that in the next couple seasons they'd be at that point but I think the likes of I think I think Killian's looking at himself and being like why I could do better than this there's no point in him staying. At PSG, right. when you have Real Madrid, when you can when you can play next to Benzema or Vinicius Junior, Vinicius Junior and Mbappe on one team, that's crazy. And I really hope that Vinicius Junior stays in Real Madrid because a great player. Yeah, everyone knows how much uh, of a fan I am of him. But that's gonna that's gonna be so dangerous, and PSG is gonna look worse for it. I don't know. Uh, real quick before we move on to other things, Champions League updates. Obviously Real Madrid are through. Uh, Bayern Munich thrashed RB Salzburg 8 to 2 to go through. <laughs> uh, City and Sporting 5 to 0 on aggregates. Also tough and Liverpool uh, almost had a scare there against Inter Milan, but they uh, advanced 2 to 1. We have some remaining uh, matches this coming uh, week. We have Ajax versus Benfica it's tied 2 to 2. Chelsea versus Lille, Chelsea lead that 2 to 0. Atletico Madrid and Manchester United, that's tied to one one. Ooh, what's gonna happen? Uh Villarreal and Juventus also one-to-one. All interesting matches to yeah. watch there.
1: I, I will say, uh, in that that Bayern versus Salzburg game, uh, there were two goals scored by Salzburg. And AJ, do you know who assisted both of those
0: goals? Yes, I do. It's none other than the man from Philadelphia himself, Brendan Aronson. Yes,
1: it is. Uh bet what one of one of the best american attacking players one might say in form right now you know yes uh so that's that's good to see going into a yeah. tricky world cup qualifying stage but
0: jack who who is the other uh american attacker in form
1: uh that would be no one other than PFOC himself exactly
0: the best, <laughs> the best uh the best striker I, we have man yeah. say. Got to get the you get the PFOC of propaganda in here. You know, I've got no it. I've
1: got it. That and Zimmerman propaganda. Those those are my USMNT agendas. Yeah. That that's what I've got.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I I'd be down to see some PFOC, Maybe some Sergeant. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Maybe yeah. you know Sergeant. Sergeant proved that he that he's he's decent. You know, uh, yeah. he he's regained some form.
0: Yeah, he's he's regained some form indeed. Let's move on from PSG because I'm tired of talking about. How bad PSG are and how bad their organization is. Let's talk about some trivia, Jack. Yes, Jack. Uh, this is this is obviously your section stat padding. Do you want to remind the the audience how this works?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it is five questions of featuring a, a random topic each week, usually pretty topical to events going on in the world, and uh, I say them. I and AJ tries to guess them. And we see how well he does with that. Uh, you know, we've had so, we we've had some ranking ones in the past few weeks. AJ was not a fan, uh, <laughs> and the point totals reflected that at times. So we're going right back to standard trivia. So Let's just go. and in honor of International Women's Day being this past week, uh, we're going to do it all about the FA Women's Super League. Let's go, which, AJ. How much do you follow the FA Women's Super League?
0: Uh, if I if I wake (laughs) up and I see there's a match a West Ham match on, I'll watch that. Uh, other than that, mainly just like the 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 FA Cup final for them. Okay. Okay. And maybe if it's close at the end, like last season, I watch that. But other than that, maybe not at all.
1: (laughs) Oh wow! See, I I watch I watch almost every Chelsea women's game. Uh, they stream almost every one of them on YouTube. So I'm Hmm. watching I'm watching those most of the time. I I gotta get on then. Yeah,
0: I, I, I mean, to be fair, I, I do know at least a fair amount of like what's going on, just like okay. with like any other league. I try to keep at least a base level knowledge. So let's see if that helps me. Yeah,
1: let, let's see, because this is, just to make it fair, mostly base level knowledge about the FA Women's Super League. Okay, <laughs> in this season, okay? So are you ready for that?: Yes. Okay. So first question, starting off pretty easy. Who is the top scorer? in the FA Women's Super League so far this season. And you can get a bonus point if you can guess how many goals this person has scored. Oh,
0: I'm not getting bonus point. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know that I, I know for a fact Arsenal are on top. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's going to be a question in the future. Uh, but I know uh, Vivian Mirdamar or however you pronounce Medima. her name. Medima. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I, I know she's on that team. I know she's very, very good. So I'm leaning towards her. But also, I feel like if you're gonna ask this question, there has to be some like Chelsea propaganda.
1: Does there have to be?
0: The, uh, I, I I know there will be. Uh, but so is, it is, uh, is it on this question? Is it? Is it on this question? See, that's what I'm <laughs> trying to debating right now. You know, do I go with Vivian or maybe a, a certain Sam Kerr? Uh, I'm gonna go with Sam Kerr, and I'm gonna guess. Do you, how many game weeks are we in into the season? Uh,
1: we are in terms of game weeks. It depends on the team. Uh okay. seven seventeen is the most. Uh the least is Chelsea with
0: fifteen games played. Okay. Mm, oh, no, oh, man. Well, I don't know if Sam Kerr is I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm still gonna go with Sam Kerr and I'll go with thirteen goals. She, I know I know she's good at that.
1: You are right. It is Sam Kerr. It is and Sam Kerr. Did I get Kerr. the bonus point? No, you don't get the oh. bonus point. It is eleven goals so oh, far this man. season.
0: Okay. All right, Vivian
1: right. Medima, ten goals. So okay. just one behind. Uh, I will say though, and this is where the Chelsea propaganda comes in. Uh, the, Sam Kerr has played less games, so you know. I mean, just, just saying. Just sure. Saying. Sure. <laughs> uh, so the next question then is: which team has the most red cards given out during this season?
0: Red cards. Yep. Red Ooh. cards. That that that's it. That's an interesting. An interesting stat to, to think about, I guess. Uh, red cards, I'm going to go with Redding, just cause, <laughs> because it has red in name. <laughs> it has red in it, yeah. I don't know. It's a shot in the dark.
1: You are incorrect. Actually, wow. Redding do not have a red
0: card what? this season. Gotta live the, up to your name. There's only one
1: team with two red cards in the FA Women's Super League this season. And that is West Ham United.
0: I should have guessed. I, I, I should have known. West
1: Ham have two red cards, both by, I believe, the same player as well, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly. Hawa Sissoko has both of the red oh, yeah. cards yeah. for uh, for uh, West Ham. So that that that's that, that's where the West Ham question came in. So unfortunately, Darn. you've missed the West Ham question.
0: Oh, I wasn't uh, gonna get that, but I, I, I appreciate you <laughs> including it. I, d- I I I felt
1: like I needed to, you know. Okay, so next, which team? And the you can name either of them for this one. Which team has the most clean sheets this season?
0: Well, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Arsenal because I know they're on top, and I'm pretty sure they've only lost like two or three games. So just on on that alone. Uh, I I feel like they should statistically have the most clean sheets. I'm I'm gonna go with Arsenal.
1: You are correct. Yes, Arsenal is one of those teams. Did you want to take a guess at the other one?
0: Uh, well, I'm gonna go with the the second place team. I guess just going off of uh, common sense, I'll go with Chelsea.
1: That is also correct. So Let's there, go. There you, there you go. Can I get that, a
0: bonus point for that.
1: Yeah, sure. We'll we'll give you yeah. a bonus point. For that. <laughs> so you're you're three out of three then technically. Let's go on those questions. Pretty good. So now. This one gets a little bit tougher. And oh, that no is way. Are you're not looking at a table, right? Of the
0: I'm of, not looking at a table. Good.
1: Because this one is about the table. Which team uh there there's two parts to this. Which team is is also in a Champions League qualification spot? You already have two of them. So the top okay. 3 get into those spots. And who is in the relegation spot?
0: Relegation?
1: Yep. So there's one team that gets okay. relegated.
0: I, I know the relegation one. Cause that, that's mm-hmm. uh, Birmingham City.
1: That is correct. Yep.
0: And then the other Champions League spot is that. I'm guessing that's a top three then. Yep. The the top three. Yes. <sighs> yeah, I I just I just know that Birmingham City is just very bad. I, I, <laughs> yep. Do, this do they have Do they have a win this season?
1: Uh, they have one win. Yes, okay. one win and one draw.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I don't think it's city because okay. I, I, I haven't been hearing a lot of uh fanfare about city. Uh, I, I know that Manchester United is like fairly pretty good, uh they have the likes of like uh, Alessia Russo, I want to say. Uh i'll I'll go with United, even though i'm not I'm not super confident then at all.
1: That is correct as well. Manchester United are, in fact, in third place.
0: Is City fourth, maybe? Nope. City is fifth, actually. Tottenham is in
1: fourth place. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Although, I will say that Manchester City do have a game in hand on Tottenham. So they very well could be okay. uh, in, in fourth
0: place. Uh, I wasn't by even thinking about Tottenham. Time. I was assuming that both the women's and the men's team are bad. So I, I mean, the women's
1: <laughs> team is doing a lot better than, 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 than <laughs> the good. men's team. Uh, I'm not sure if that I mean, Everton women are doing better than Everton men as well. You know, uh, so but to be fair, it's not hard to do better than those than those teams. So, OK, Fi- are, are you ready for the final question? I am. Can you name all 12 teams that are in the FA Women's Super League? Dude, this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this is not Okay, okay, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep this on my hand. So we got right. Chelsea, United, uh, Manchester United, mm-hmm. Manchester City, Tottenham, Reading, Birmingham. I remember Reading and Birmingham because they're like the, the two championship clubs that are like there. Mm-hmm. West Ham United, you just mentioned Everton. Uh, and then I have I, I have four more. Yep. Ooh, uh, uh Aston Villa is one of them. Yep. Leicester City, I know is one of them. And there's two more that I don't know. Uh, if I'm okay, so let's think primarily clubs that have a women's team.
1: One of uh, them you're blanking on so hard because you have you you should have mentioned them, but you haven't yet.
0: Oh no! Uh, did I say Arsenal already? No, you haven't. That's that's what that's okay. the one. That I okay, would so say. there's one. Do yep. I have one more then? One more, yes. There's no way then. I, I I guess I'll like the obscure ones. So this is one that's hiding in plain sight. You could say that, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go with. Oh, There's no way. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with wolves. I don't know. I, I, it I is don't know. not wolves, unfortunately. Oh.
1: I'll I'll give you the I'll I'll give you we'll give you eleven twelfths of a point for that I guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there you go. The okay, last I, one is Brighton and Hove Brighton. Albion.
0: Yep. I was gonna I was gonna ask Burnley.
1: Nah, I no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was not even close. No I Burnley was close. here, but okay. Brighton and Hove Albion are in eighth place, so a pretty mid table team, but they've gotten some important some interesting wins over the past few years. I remember they got a a really big win against Chelsea. A few, either earlier this season or late last season, but it was a good win from them. So, uh, but you know what, you did pretty well overall in yeah, that. Yeah, I'm know?
0: happy with that.
1: Uh, so not not too bad for uh the for the FA Women's Super League trivia. Uh, let's go. Got most of the teams. Got got probably most of the teams that you should get. So. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't forget your own team that 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 would have I, been embarrassing I, I, in there. But
0: I'm glad, too. And I'm pretty embarrassed that I, I forgot Arsenal until right at the end. And Minnesota United <laughs> just scored, Jack. How about that? I'm
1: behind. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you. <laughs>
1: oh, that's a good goal, though. That That, that is, is a, a great good goal. <laughs> goal. And it was Almeria. He he paid back one of the goals. Uh, 23 right, more or 22 more. I think he owes. So we're, yeah. we're getting um, there. <laughs>
0: let's talk now about a striker that Amari is better than. Let's talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> let's go into some scorelines for some of the important games that have happened in this weekend, starting with Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur. Quite quite the game uh in this match. 3 to 2 win for the Red Devils. An important win if they want to have any chance in uh keeping back Arsenal for that top 4 spot. And this was quite the statement uh, for them. Started off with a Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo goal, one to zero, assisted by Fred, who I think had a very <laughs> very good game. And I've been saying that a lot more often since uh, Ragnik took over. Yeah, so. it's kind
1: of scary. I, he's yeah. like one of the he's one of the players that's really improved under him.
0: Yeah, I, I it was a, it was a very good goal, top left corner, uh, Luis. Tried, but it was just perfectly placed, kind of what you expect. Uh, Harry Kane then scores a penalty because, of course, he's going to score a penalty. <laughs> but in the 38th minute, Cristiano Ronaldo scores again, assisted by Jaden Sancho, who has also been playing a lot better in recent games. I don't have like his stats up right now, but if I pull them up, uh, you can see that like he, he's been on pretty good form since a uh, February start, he's gotten a goal. Two assists against Leeds, uh, a goal against a uh, City. I guess the only goal that United scored, and now an assist uh, in this uh, last game, and he's been putting in work. I think defensively, he's also been uh, pretty good. And so Cristiano Ronaldo gets his brace, um, and uh, yeah, and then, however, who else but Harry Maguire scores um, a, a pretty pretty ugly own goal to level it two to two. I mean, what what do you expect? Exactly. Like he's,
1: yeah, it's kind of what you expect from him yeah. at this point in time. I
0: I I have seen a lot of comments on it, and I agree. Harry Maguire isn't a terrible defender. Like he he was fine with uh, Leicester City. It's just the fact that he lacks just so much confidence nowadays, and he just like doesn't fit into this system. He I I don't think he he's I don't think he's a good defender when he has to be the leader in the back line. I think I think he works better next to someone who can be more of a defensive stalwart and he can just like support that. Which is fine, but it's not fine when you pay like what, 70 million pounds for him, 80, £80 million yep. pounds and he scores an own goal and that's kind of what you expect. But then Cristiano Ronaldo he's already on a brace. But in the 81st minute he hits it to make it 3 to 2 with A a header that is the most Cristiano Ronaldo header just lifts himself up off a telus uh, cross. And he he just plants it right into the corner, top right, and wins it for Manchester United. Again, really good. All the plaudits are going to go towards Ronaldo. Obviously, he he scores a hat-trick. But there were some pretty good games from the likes of Sancho. Ah, uh, Nemanja Matić uh Fred as well most of the defenders other than Maguire and then some some pretty bad stinkers from Pogba who honestly, I don't know if you saw Jack but he uh, he shaved his head it's kind of kind of crazy
1: I did not see that I am going to look this up now
0: <laughs> yeah go go ahead uh, Marcus Rashford who's been on pretty bad form as of late also had a pretty bad game and then you go to Tottenham where you know some pretty good players. Obviously, a uh, Kane was pretty good. I feel like midfield is pretty good, and some pretty uh dire performances from Eric Dyer and Hugo Lloris and uh, Romero and all, all those players that should be uh, doing a, a little bit better. Cristiano Ronaldo is a great player, but you should be at least kind of after the first goal putting a little bit more power there uh, to stop him. Jack, have you have you seen his, his new his new cut? Yeah.
1: I'm not a fan. I've got to say, yeah. I'm not the I always,
0: fan. I always liked his crazy hair. I, I know some some older people don't like his crazy uh, hair, but Roy I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have always liked his uh, crazy hair, so I'm kind of sad to see that go. Uh, but 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 this brings up the question, right? You know, Ronaldo got the three goals, very good. Is Ronaldo not the problem with this Manchester United team? Jack, we've been talking about Ronaldo being one of the central problems to Manchester United and their fight or lack of fight to get into the top four and their struggles this season. How do you see Ronaldo, now that he has had this big performance, did, has this performance kind of alleviated some concerns for you about this team at all?
1: No, I, I think <laughs> he's still the problem. And the reason why is because Manchester United didn't have a problem before he came in. They they were good last season. They got second place. They they looked decent most of the time. Ronaldo created a problem and then is covering up his own problem by scoring goals. <laughs> uh, and sure, yeah, you pay him to score goals. Fine. But at the same time, the issue is that the issue with Manchester United was the lack of pressing. For under Ragnick, at least it's been a, it's been a lack of pressing, uh, a lack of cohesion before that and kind of has continued. You know, they still shipped two goals. Right. So there still is that lack of cohesion. Uh, I I think that the issue is still there. It's just kind of being masked up by scoring a hat trick. And fine, you know, you can run on that a while. But at the at the same time, it, he still has created the problem. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like it was entirely a publicity type signing, and I have not been a fan of it. And I I don't think that he's really delivered to the level that Manchester United thought he was going to. You know, he he has undoubtedly delivered in some games, but he has also created a lot of issues as well. Mm -hmm.
0: So, do you you think a lot of the issues stem from the pressing problem? Because at least in this game. Defensively, I I did see a little bit more pressing from him, and maybe that's why cohesively it was a little bit better as a whole from from this Manchester United team. Do you do you think like that? That's the cru- the crux to use that word again. The crux of the issue.
1: May maybe I I think that that could be part of it, but I also just think the personality mix is a little bit of an issue as well. You know, he is he is a as much as I hate saying it, he's a big star. And, uh, you know, when he doesn't always get like everything delivered to him on a plate, you know, like at Juventus, right, the the game plan was get the ball to Ronaldo and hope he does something uh, with, with Manchester United. That's not the case here. And so I, I, I feel like he has gotten a little bit better with it, but he still doesn't seem happy to be there. Yeah. So I and I, I I wouldn't doubt if like, you know, he's gone from there after this summer. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Honestly,
0: I I I wouldn't doubt it either way if he stays or if he goes. But to add some nuance to this discussion, I think when we're talking about Ronaldo being the problem, I don't know if I've always thought this because I, I I haven't really uh thought thought about this since the last time we talked about it. But when I when I think about Ronaldo being the issue, I think of it as very much an opportunity cost kind of deal, right? Where because of the fact that he costs so much money. He's the most expensive uh, Premier League player in terms of salary this, this, uh, this season. So there's that opportunity cost with, well, if you spent that money somewhere else, would he, w- would the team be better off for it? And I also think if, if nothing else, that personally clash does exist, but I, I don't think he's the problem there. And I think uh, what we've seen out of the Manchester United camp time and time again, is that overall the culture just isn't there? It, there's no like winning mentality with Manchester United. You can see that with, you know, maybe the lack of effort from the likes of Rashford or Pogba, and the, the not great performances that McGuire and Lindelof and, and and all all those players put in day in day out. But to go back to that opportunity cost bit, he's not a bad player. Obviously, right? Can we both right, agree on yeah. that?
1: Yeah, he's not a bad player.
0: And, I, and, I, and a, a, as crazy as it is, he's not washed even at 37 years old. You know, you know, He's the type of player that can just, out of his butt, pull out a performance like this, score a hat-trick against uh, a league rivals, and, and, and be a big-time player. However, before this game, he scored one goal in 10 games, right? right and when you consider the fact that you know he, he this the system's not made for him it doesn't really uh, revolve around him and so Ragnik and and uh, Ole Gunnar and back then they they had to balance both making a system with him work and mixing that with the system that they've already had and that complicates things when you have one of the greatest players on your team to you know to ever play the game on your team it complicates how you run things tactically. And so you, you have two different uh kind of ways of thinking about the game. And that definitely overcomplicates things. We, we saw that with uh with how disconnected he he used to play uh, before. We we see that in, in his the lack of goals. And and I, I really do think that when you look at the trade-offs, you you have to think to yourself if they spent that money on Let's say maybe a, a better a defense or a better midfielders, perhaps. While at the same time spending at least some of that money on some kind of striker to fill in the void, would they be in a worse or better spot? Right. Everyone agrees that Manchester United have delivered. Ronaldo has delivered. But is is that the best that they could have done? I would say. I would say no. I I I I honestly think that, like it doesn't matter how good he is. If there's a better uh a better player out there that could have filled in his role, it, that, that that would that would be fine. And yes, uh, again Ronaldo is one of if not uh the best uh players in his position in the world to ever play the game. But for a team, for a team that needs certain other aspects of the game filled in. And not just his position. Is was Ronaldo the right answer to their issues when they got second place last year? People are playing on Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez has nine goals and six assists this season, which is the same goals and assists as uh, as Ronaldo. He has twelve goals and three assists. So, the issue isn't anybody in particular. It's the fact that the board decided to get a big name player and try to fit him in in a system that isn't built for him, while at the same time not having the investments into the other positions, into cleaning house. So it, it, it's, it, it's, the, it's kinda like looking at a team that needs a rebuild and just trying to drag it on as long as possible. And at some point you have to admit that you kinda have to press restart or go in a different direction then try to bring in a star that was good for your team before. That's just the way that I look at it.
1: I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, Manchester United, I, I think you put it in, in a good terms with opportunity cost. I feel like there were better options out there that they could have gotten. You know, they could have invested in a younger striker, right? Who has a bunch, who has talent, right? They, they could have put that money there or they could have gotten, you know, what they needed, which is, as we've talked about several times, a central defensive midfielder, yeah. <laughs> which they still don't have. Yes, Fred has improved, but there are still times, as we saw in this game, where they lose control of the midfield. So I, I think that you really look at that, you could have put together a better Manchester United, like w- without without putting Ronaldo in there. I yeah. It, it could also just be biased because I don't know about you, but I really don't like him. I I really don't like Ronaldo at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. But
1: I mean, that that I I still think that you could have done better.
0: I I agree. Let's go on to not to Manchester United. Let's talk about their rivals, Leeds United. Are are Leeds staying up? Because uh, this is a Jesse Marsh's American Jesse Marsh's first win with relegation threatened Leeds United as they take on. Bottom feeders, Norwich City at Elland Road. And this was quite the match. Uh, Rodrigo, great player, uh, opens up scoring for Leeds United 1-0, to assisted by Daniel James in the 14th minute. And, you know, uh, things go on from there. And then it gets really, really dicey. I, I know Leeds United fans were having heart attacks because it was... The, the, se- the second half is when things got really, really close. I mean, the, the XG, 2.56 for Leeds United, you expect that. But for Norwich City to put in just as many shots on Leeds United, pretty telling on how maybe poor Leeds United have been this season and how, how important of a match this was to give Le- uh, Leeds any chance to stay up, as well as Norwich any chance to stay up. So overall, it was a very uh, entertaining game to the point that a lot of the cool action happened in the last five minutes for Extra Trauma. Kenny McLean levels it for Norwich City, assisted by Timu Upuki in the 90-plus first minute, and it seems like Norwich City can take a pretty important away point from fellow relegation candidates. But then Rafinha makes a run down the right flank, gets a great opportunity, is patient with it, and passes it into the center. And Joe Gellhart strikes it in, 2-1. to Crowd goes insane. It's the 90-plus fourth minute. There's only six minutes of added time. They just won the game. And it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible to see how emotional it was to get their first win after letting Marcel Bielsa go. Uh, to get their first win under a new manager and an important win against again a re- a fellow relegation candidate that much sweeter they are now uh i believe in 16th place a couple of points ahead of a uh, any relegation spot that that, that, that is they're correct. looking at yes
1: they are 4 points clear of the relegation zone however uh they've played three more games than everton and two more than burnley
0: okay so okay
1: important caveats <laughs> there
0: yeah, so i i, I think I think Burnley is a little bit uh worse off right now, uh but Everton, who knows? I mean, the, the, everyone's on bad form down here, so I, anything can happen. Uh, but I, I feel like yeah, the the bottom five there: Leeds, Everton, Watford, Burnley, Norwich. It's gonna be a a mudslinging fight to see who can actually stay up. The two teams that'll stay up from that. Uh, Jack, do do you think that Leeds have a good chance of staying up?
1: I think I think they do. Um I I think they need to use Joe Gellhart more because he's really? been good in the minutes that he's gotten. You know, I uh, I remember his first goal in the league came in that game against Chelsea where Chelsea won it with a 94th minute goal. Uh you know, he he played 9 minutes in that game and he got a goal. He played mm-hmm. 4 mi- or 5 minutes in this game and got a goal. He has been fantastic in those appearances. And given that Patrick Bamford, he's been injured a lot during this season, right? Yeah. And, you know, he got subbed off at halftime in this one. I think you play him more. You know, he he's a young player. He's obviously shown promise and come up big for the team when needed. So I think he should get more time. Uh may maybe Jesse Marshall do some of that. What uh I, I think that this goal will definitely lead him to trusting him a little bit more. So yeah. uh but you know, they, they look decently promising. <laughs> uh, they definitely have talent to do enough to stay up. If uh, But everyone else around them also has that talent in there. It's about who's going to unlock it better. So, yeah. like, you know, is Frank Lampard going to unlock Everton better? Is uh, Jesse Marsh going to do better with Leeds? Uh, or is Sean Dyche going to do better with Burnley? You know, like. Right. It it all comes down to th- those sorts of questions, but you know, I definitely think that it is possible for Leeds to stay up, which is not where most people would have thought they would end up at the end. And honestly, I I think Everton are in a worse place right now.
0: I I I agree, and uh, I I still do think that firing Marcel Bielso was the wrong move. Oh yeah, I and agree as well. I, and I I think. Relegation or not, they would have been in a better spot with him than without him. That being said, i I, I do think that they, they can uh stay up. yeah, you're you're right. It, a lot of it is out of their hands in terms of, well, m- maybe Everton go in a hot streak. probably not, but that's possible. <laughs> Watford can do the same. like like who who knows what's gonna happen in the, these last couple of games? but overall, I think that they have improved vastly in these last three games. Yes, they lost the uh, 3-0 to was it Aston Villa or whatever? Right. But especially in this game, it was a it was a tough, greedy win. But they've looked a lot better. Their XG was 2.56. They are creating a chance. It's about putting them away. It hurts that Bamford is coming back from injury, so he isn't on that same form. But if they can get the likes of Hart if they can get the likes of uh, Rafinha to score some goals, Daniel James, Rodrigo to score some more. Then once we get that conversion going, I feel like Leeds United do have a good chance of uh, of staying up because if they find those goals, if they get healthy and get those finishing boots on, they'll be a lot more dangerous than where they were just a month ago. And yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say. Uh, it, it's hard to give ever a definitive answer on whether or not some other team can stakes. it's like, well, if they keep on doing this, then yeah. obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if
1: they keep winning, then yeah, sure,
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, f- from the trajectory that I've seen t- from them so far, it has looked a lot better. All right, so let's talk so quickly about some CCL and MLS. Obviously, I was at the Seattle versus Leon game last uh, Tuesday. I already talked about that one three to zero. We are currently in the quarterfinals of the Concacaf Champions League, which means a lot of, a, a, a lot of, interesting ties between MLS teams and leagues that you wouldn't really see them play against. Like, for example, NYCFC versus uh, a of Guatemala. NYCFC lead that three to one, and then you have all of the usual League MX versus MLS. Uh, games that you usually get in the Concacaf Champions League: New England versus Pumas. New England take a very commanding three to zero lead. Same with uh, Seattle and Leon. Very, very good leads go into the away leg. And even though, you know, it's possible that they choke and lose four to zero. Uh, in in uh, Mexico, also possible they hold on and we see. Maybe three out of four MLS teams move on to the semifinals. Of course, the team I'm not talking about right now is CF Montreal because they <laughs> lost one to zero at uh, at Cruz Azul. But at Cruz Azul, yeah. yeah, it was at Cruz Azul. So they go back to uh, uh, Montreal to maybe score one or two goals and you know send it to overtime or send it to uh, penalties or maybe just win it outright. Jack, I, I know you want to see all four teams. Do you think? Do you think Montreal has a realistic chance? And, and like, you could, you could be honest.
1: I want to say yes, but I also feel like the answer is no. <laughs> Just looking at how they've been playing recently in the league, I feel like the answer is probably no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Th- th- I mean, they...
1: they have not been good there. Um, they've scored two goals, but conceded eight.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh,
1: really yeah. bad. <laughs> I, I I said in the preview that the one weakness that I saw was the goalkeeper. Uh that's that's come true so far. Um yeah. but you know they 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 played in a hard place to play. They could theoretically come back and win it. You know they did that with Santos uh before. Uh Santos Laguna I think is is mm-hmm. the yep. full- You know they 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 won the home leg. I think it was 3 to 1 or 3 to 0. It was they scored 3. I remember that, but, uh, you know, they, they, they could they could come back into it, but I'm not going to say they will, because uh, I feel like I, we get to that point every year for the CONCACAF Champions League. We're like, oh, man, all the MLS teams are going to go through. And then one Liga MX team comes through and they wipe through the field and then we all get disappointed again. So yes. I'm going to say it's possible because, you know, theoretically, any event is possible. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'll also say it's unlikely. Yeah, it's more it's it's more unlikely than not.
0: I am gonna have to agree with that statement. Uh, I I also th- look at the stats and they had one shot the entire match. Yep. Last time, compared to Cruiser Zool's nineteen, and even though they will be at home, we've seen time and time before, uh, the fact that even e- even if you uh, are at home. There are a lot of uh, Mexican fans everywhere, a lot of Cruz Azul fans everywhere. And they will come in droves and they will, they will support their team. And that means that you have to be playing as if you're away from home a lot of times, even at home. So very tough, very tough indeed. Uh, some other MLS results that I thought was pretty, were pretty interesting. RSL came back and beat the Revolution away from home 3-2. to two. Chicago, Jack tweeted out, has not given up a goal yet. Only Uh, team in uh, MLS. Only team. Agagos Salina, their 17-year-old goalkeeper, has been very, very good these past couple games, and they won 2-0 against DC United. Seattle and Christian Roldan defeated LA Galaxy and Chicharito 3-2. Very entertaining game. Definitely go watch that if you have the chance. Then you have FC Cincinnati, Basement Dweller, beating Orlando 2-1. You have FC Dallas former basement dweller, and Alan Velasco beating Nash- Nashville, who we thought were going to, you know, beat near the top in the West, 2-0. to zero. Houston Dynamo beat the Whitecaps 2-1. to one. Again, another former uh, basement dweller, not doing too shabby with that. And, yeah, I think MLS is very entertaining. Really cool to see all those fun, fun results. Jack, before we head out, let's give some quick predictions. FA Cup... Quarterfinals are coming up, so let us give our quick predictions on who we think are going to be moving on to the semifinals. Why don't you go first? Why don't you run through the field and pick okay. your your four winners of those uh, four matches? All right.
1: I'm just gonna go in the order I see them on foot mob here. So first, Middlesbrough versus Chelsea. Uh, I think Chelsea will win that one. Yes, they're playing at Middlesbrough, and yes, Middlesbrough have been good in the championship, but I also think Chelsea have the quality to get that done. Um, and plus they have to get to another FA Cup final to choke it away inevitably like they have in the last two seasons. Yep. Um, yep. And then we've got Crystal Palace versus Everton. I, I think Crystal Palace win that even though neither of them have been. I want to say neither of them have been great recently. Well, Everton's
0: been terrible. Well, that's yeah, exactly.
1: That. Exactly. That, that's that's the thing that like Crystal Palace have had a few good wins recently Uh, Not to the same levels as they were earlier in the season, perhaps, but they're still better than Everton. And, I mean, to be fair, it's not hard to do that, I feel like, right now. But Crystal Palace, I feel like, I I trust them to win that one. Uh, Southampton versus Manchester City. Now, here's the question. Uh, Are Manchester City going to put their energy into the FA Cup? Or are they going to focus on the league because Liverpool is coming close to them? I think e- either way, they probably still have enough to take down Southampton. Uh, Southampton recently are have lost three games in a row. Uh, not great from them. Uh, I think Manchester City could probably win that one. And then we've got Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool in probably the most uh, lopsided matchup, I, I'd, I'd say. Uh, of this round. I think Liverpool win that, even though they're away from home. Uh, Although there is a chance that they rest all their players, you know, I Mm -hmm. I feel like that is a distinct possibility. And if that happens, uh, Forrest have gotten good results against, uh, against Premier League sides in this, in this competition already this season. Right. uh, They, they beat Arsenal and Leicester. Uh, Arsenal is probably the more impressive of those two. That, they, that they've beaten because Leicester have not been great this season. Mm-hmm. But they they are the current FA Cup holders, so that does count for something. Uh, I think it really depends on that one, but in in most of the cases, I see Liverpool winning that one.
0: All right. I'm going to have to agree with you across the board. Chelsea versus Middlesbrough. Obviously, Chelsea's going to win. Um, I, I think even if Chelsea rest a lot of their players, even their B teams, better than Middlesbrough. Everton versus Crystal Palace could be close but I, I I do like what I see from Crystal Palace more so than with Everton I'll go with Crystal Palace City versus Southampton I think if they focus on the league they still will win this like 3-0. Yeah. yeah. Like they they can put like who's their backup goalkeeper uh Scott Carson in <laughs> uh old old man Carson and I I, I still think they'll win. Even like that they they're youngsters like they're 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 under 21. Uh, players I think are going to be enough to beat Southampton even away from home maybe I, maybe I, I'm overhyping Manchester City too much but that's a good side right there
1: Southampton Liverpool. did do a double their over them last season so I mean
0: that is true but is also <laughs> but also I feel like yeah I mean that that is true but <laughs> I, I I, still wouldn't put it past City to kind of no I, I, Southampton. I, I, I do agree with you but <laughs> yeah but wouldn't that be wild? Wouldn't that be wild? And then uh, Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool. I think this is close. And I, I hope it's close because that means that Ethan Horvath would have done an amazing job keeping them in. Uh, but I do think Liverpool have the quality, even if they rest some of their players again. So I'm going to go with Liverpool winning that. And yeah, so we agree with those four. Uh, let's go on to the NWSL Challenge Cup. From So from one cup competition to another cup competition... Quick reminder to everyone who has not been paying attention to the NWSL and their formatting changes for the Challenge Cup. The Challenge Cup was a born out of necessity during the twenty twenty season because COVID canceled everything, so they had kind of a, a you know a, a group stage and cup competition similar to the MLS's back tournament. They brought it back as a not a preseason tournament, but like an opening tournament to their season uh, last year in twenty twenty one results completely independent from the actual NWHL regular season. So it's like literally like a, a, a fun competition, which I think is a very, very innovative. And so we have three groups, three groups of four split into different geographical groups. We have East, Central, and the West division. So I figured that, you know, not to go into like who we think is going to win, but rather who we think is going to win the group, get runners up because uh, the semifinals are chosen by the three group winners and the best runners-up. So I figured, you know, we talk about those winners, those runners-up, and see who we think is going to make it to the semifinals. So, Jack, let's start with the East. We have the courage of North Carolina. We have uh, New Jersey slash New York, Gotham FC, Orlando Pride, and the Washington Spirit. Who do you think is going to get the top in the East here?
1: Um, I think in the East... I think Washington Spirit win win this one, um, and then runners up. I'm gonna say Gotham. I'm gonna say Gotham get runners up. I, I I feel I feel like it's between Gotham and North Carolina Courage to to get runners up. in that mm-hmm. sorry to the Orlando Pride, but I'm I'm just not feeling it for for them the no. same as I am the other teams. Uh, but I think Washington Spirit go on top, and then it, Courage or Gotham. Probably Gotham, I'm, I'm going
0: to say. I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. Washington Spirit, uh, they kept most of their championship roster intact. So that obviously is to help them, if nothing else, for the cohesion. Going into a cup competition is really important. And I'm going to say Gotham FC as well. Just pretty much just on the fact that Orlando, North Carolina's rosters are kind of tire fires right now. Orlando just like not enough quality to be at all competitive, I would not be surprised to see them near the bottom. And while I I, I was kind of feeling North Carolina in this off season because I thought they they'd fill in some more holes, uh no, no they they still have a lot of holes. So I'm gonna go That's with Rotham right, yeah. FC in second place. I feel like North Carolina is just uh I I would also expect them to be near the bottom of the table, not the bottom because there's other teams there. Uh, let's go into the central uh division. With the Chicago Red Stars, Houston Dash, Kansas City Current, and Racing Louisville FC. This one was really hard for me to choose, more so than probably any other of the divisions. Uh, but I went with Houston Dash on top, even though they are like relatively thin across the board in my mind, in terms of like quality players. I think that they will be okay enough to go through. Chicago Red Stars losing the likes of like Sarah Gordon and going through all the off the field stuff to begin this year is going to hurt Chicago. And so I I think that there's a good amount of things to be taken away uh, from that situation that makes me believe that they're just not going to be as good. However, even though I am pretty high on the Kansas City current, I, I need to see a little bit more like on the field, like in all actuality, to put them above chicago red stars so very very close i'll have chicago in second jack how about you
1: yeah um i i put houston dash on top as well and then chicago red stars chicago red stars you know they've got a solid enough roster still but all that all of the off the field stuff is really just let uh as you described the courage and uh and Orlando Roster's a tire fire. Um it it's really bad there. It's it's not it's it honestly we could probably like go yeah. into it for an hour and still not even cover half of it. Uh but yeah, uh Chicago Red Stars. I'll put them second just because I trust them to do more than Racing Louisville especially and also the Kansas City Current. So that that's how I see that one. But th- this one I feel I feel like this one is the least balanced. Of them or like, you know, there's there's a clear, like uh first and, or actually no least balanced. I don't know what I'm saying. That that's what I <laughs> meant to say, the least balanced, where it feels like there there's the least amount of variability in it.
0: All right, cool. Uh going on into the West, we have uh the likes of OL Rain, Angel City FC, Portland Thorns FC, and San Diego Wave FC. Angel City and San Diego, of course, are the two expansion teams. I'm gonna go with OL Rain on top here. Uh they have a lot of really good players. The likes of, you know, Rose Lavelle, Megan Rapino, and then uh like Sofia Huerta, like those kinds of players. Very, very good. And, you know, they they played very well uh last season. And I, I think that carries on. I think Portland Thorns maybe the, the the main reason why I put Rain on top is that Portland Thorns they they lost uh uh Horan and Don and their head coach so there's a lot of turmoil a lot of turnover a lot of turmoil off the field too everyone knows what's going on there uh so a a lot of like with Chicago off the field things that they will need to deal with that can obviously be a distraction to the on the field things that are going on uh so I'm gonna say that they are second because I still think that they are above the two expansion teams just on the the basis of expansion teams not playing their best games especially right right away so i'm gonna go with rain and then portland jack how about you
1: see i kind of want to just put portland at the bottom out of principle uh you know because uh their ownership sucks and they uh it's it's just an awful situation there i feel like that's a common trend we've said a lot during this episode in terms of ownership Uh, i think i think that might just be the the moral of this episode that sports ownership sucks uh yeah. for the most part <laughs> uh but for this one ol rain on top yeah I, th- I think that they are the best in this one portland are probably going to do enough to get second although angel city fc looks kind of exciting you know the roster doesn't look half bad but still we'll probably see. portland we'll see. we'll see portland are still probably going to get second in that
0: all right and jack who do you think is going to be the lucky second place uh, group winner or second place group runner up that will make it towards uh, the semifinals.
1: I, I I think it, out of the, out of the teams in here, I'd probably say that Portland would have the best chance just because of looking at the other teams in their group. Uh, that that's that I, I'm again, sorry to dunk on the expansion teams, but the same time expansion teams typically are not very good. So I feel like it makes the most
0: sense logically. Oh, Jack, we have the exact same line of thinking for all of these predictions actually, because I also pick Portland Thorns because I, th- I I can see all the other uh teams like Red Stars and Gotham trading points or uh splitting points between uh the other teams. But Portland I would expect to be out of all the other teams. Be the one to win, win the most of those games. So I'll, I'll put them in that semifinal spot as well. All right, Jack. That is all for our predictions and all for this episode. Do you have anything else to say, uh, to our listeners about any of the stories in this uh, episode?
1: Uh, no, nothing. Nothing about the stories. You know, uh, it's it, it's it's been an interesting week yes. in terms of news. Uh, you know, there's always a few weeks where we're preparing episodes and are like what do we have to talk about this week and uh this was not one where we had to really guess and try and try and come up with stuff uh but i i will also say um on friday sometime not sure when yet uh might be decided by the time this episode goes out but i will be doing probably a twitter spaces with uh ivan of the tectonic takes uh I I think podcast there, uh, you know, they, they're, they're doing a preview with me on San Jose versus Minnesota United. So if you're interested in that, uh, make sure to check that out.
0: All right. And Jack, if people want to uh, just talk to us in general, where can they uh, find us?
1: Uh, They can find us on Twitter at final third show. You know, you'd need that to get to the Twitter spaces anyway. So uh, at final third show, you can find us on there. We post, pretty regularly uh sometimes at the same time uh and you know uh it, it's a, it's a great time good stuff on there and it's a fun place to get your news from
0: all right jack that is it for this episode everyone thank you for listening catch us on our website finalThirdshow.com if you want to have a one-stop shop for all things final third show All right, we'll see you guys this Thursday for a maybe international break-themed podcast episode. And we'll see you guys same time, same place for uh, the News and Predictions episode next Monday. Tell a friend about the show. We will appreciate that. And tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love love to hear us talk about Ronaldo and PSG. A lot of fun stuff going on there. All right, see ya.
1: Bye for now.